February 11, 2021. I am Ron Scharf. I'm Avi Kaufman. And this is Accent Insights. Well, we've had a little bit of a hiatus, uh, the end of uh, horrible 2020 and the uh, beginning of what we hope to be more promising 2021. One good reason for that is that Avi has been, uh, in addition to doing all of his hard work for his clients, has been doing some hard work for himself. I think we mentioned on the last podcast uh, that Avi bought a place in Coolidge Corner and has been doing some renovation. And we thought this raised some interesting topics that many of our clients are always curious about. Uh, everyone thinks about renovations. So um, Avi, why don't, you, why don't you tell us a little bit about you know, what you got and what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. And this does seem to come up all the time when clients ask what to like doing a renovation project. And it is all-encompassing uh, in, in many ways. We bought half of a house, you know, a condo that's the second and third floor of a house in Coolidge Corner. And uh, we're doing a renovation of the kitchen, uh, opening up some walls, and we added a master bathroom. And, you know, we're, we're nearing the end. But as these things go, they, they tend to blow past whatever human-imposed deadlines we, uh, we put in place. Um, you know, the work has a mind of its own, and, and so we're still sort of finishing up here. You do a kitchen, take down some walls, a couple bathrooms, that's what, a couple, two, three weeks, something like that? Isn't that what the contractors will tell you? <laughs> you know, it's amazing. It's so fast to do it on paper, <laughs> and then you go into actually do it, and sometimes you discover things that make it longer, or, or, um, or sometimes also just, you know, the contractors are working on multiple projects, and uh, and there's also delays for snow. There's there's pandemic delays. Uh, there's all sorts of delays. There's material delays. You know, it's something specific to this time period is uh, huge back orders on a lot of materials. Uh, appliances can be a month or more to get them. Um, windows are, are booking two weeks to even get your windows measured, and then another eight weeks to order windows. Uh, so there's a lot of um, delays outside of anyone's control. And then, of course, just, um, I think, endemic to the, the industry of building. Uh, builders can be very good at what they do, but not necessarily very good at estimating time. Right. Why don't we start at the beginning, right? You, you bought this place. You decided that you wanted to make some changes. So you had to find someone who's going to do the work. So why don't, you, why don't you tell us a little bit about that process for you? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the same as we recommend to our clients, uh, interview a few different contractors. So we, we had three contractors come through. One was a recommendation from family. One was a recommendation that my clients have used often. And one was the contractor that the other people who live in the other unit, who they used for their recent renovation. You know, I designed a, a sketch of what we envisioned. Um, we had them come through and, you know, they gave estimates and talked about when they could start and their timeline and how they like to work. And, you know, we got a feel for, for their communication style. And then we chose one of them. Right. Okay. And so let's talk a little bit about um, the way you hire these people because you and I, when we, when we talked about things we could discuss on this podcast, you know, there are a couple of different ways to hire uh, a contractor for a project like this, right? One of them is, you know, fixed price. You give them the scope of work. Um, you say, these are all the things we want to do, and maybe there are some allowances in there. And they say, okay, well, we, you know, we assume that your kitchen cabinets will be X dollars, and if, if you, you, know, you want cabinets that cost more than X dollars, you have to pay for that. You know, we give you an allowance of Y dollars per tile, that kind of thing. But, but at the end of the day, this is your fixed price, and if you stay within the budget of your allowances, you know, that's what you'll pay. That's one way. 
Um, another way is something called a cost plus model, where you know it's whatever your material is going to cost and whatever the labor is going to cost for the subcontractors, you're going to pay that, and then the contractor will put a markup on that for um, for management. And you know another way is just time and materials. So what did, what did you wind up choosing? Yeah, so we ended up going with that first model, uh, and. You know, we talked about this, and you have a lot of experience with, with your projects. It doesn't seem like there's any perfect way. Each of them seems to have its drawbacks. Uh, the fixed cost model um, is <laughs> hard to, to, to say the name with a straight face because it's a fixed cost model, but inevitably uh, the costs change from the estimate. You know, the fixed cost component of the estimate is pretty solid. Um, but then, you know, things come up to, there's some things that, that are just called change orders where, they, okay, actually, in addition to this, we want you to um, also do this ceiling. And then, you know, at that point, the incentives are a little bit funny because they can say almost any number and you've already committed, they're already working in the house and things are already open. You could change your mind again, but right, once they know you want the work done, um, it's no longer sort of the discount uh, price <laughs> that they quoted you for the rest of the work. Yeah, and for the fixed costs, like they have a weird incentive too. Like they're trying to bid to to win the job because they know that you're interviewing a, a couple contractors, and so the worst case for them is to underbid, and, and that's bad for you too because then they're not motivated to actually do the job. Um, but they also don't want to overbid, um, so it, it's, it's tricky for them to to figure out the right number. Uh, and so then I think sometimes there could be an incentive in some of these situations to make up some of that difference with outrageous charges on change orders. And I'm not saying that's happening here. Uh, I'm saying I could see that as a misaligned incentive well, with, I, with this model. Right. Well, I'd like to go back, right? Some, sometimes what you'll find is some of these guys, and, and I use that term, they are mostly men for whatever reason. Some of these guys are, are good at what they do in terms of the craftsmanship and you know getting the work done, but they're not so good on the business side. So they're not great estimators sometimes, unless they've been doing it for a long, long time. Um, and they're not, you know, they're not always great time managers either. So you know, it's hard to find someone who's got that whole package, but sometimes you know, if they find that, oh, this isn't working out the way I hoped it would, or I'm not making as much money as I would, those change orders are an opportunity you know, to come to what they think is a reasonable expectation. So, you know, you might think, or we as the customer might think, wow, that seems really outrageous relative to everything else. And even a contractor acting in good faith might say, yeah, you know, I just, there were things that I didn't understand beforehand, and now I have to be more realistic. So everyone has more information. But I think, you know, the bottom line is that, you know, you as the homeowner doing the work have to be prepared to be flexible, that the number you're going to wind up paying is not the number on that initial bid. It's very hard to stay there. Yeah, and just to be clear, I think that the contractors we're working with are doing a good job, and we're not, I'm not talking about this job specifically. Um, you know, we're talking about the model of a fixed-cost bid in this situation. We interviewed the three contractors. We did not choose one based on the price quoted, but based just on the communication and the reviews and our feeling of confidence that we got from, from interviewing them. Because to some extent, we understood and understand even better now uh, that the price that's on the quote is just a number. Um, and, and it's really, you just need to find someone that you trust more than someone who just gives the lowest number to underbid and win. Right. No, that's critical. I, when we did our, 
home like 11 years ago now, we, we took, I think, five or we interviewed five or eight people. And, you know, one of them, one of them was so far below everyone else. It was, and it was so attractive to think, you know, boy, we could get it done for that price. And, you know, part of me, naive as I was at the time, said, well, you know, they're going to sign a contract. So obviously they have to deliver the work at that price. But there's so many things that can go wrong. I mean, even if you hold them, to their price and you're very, very stuck, you know, you could have someone just walk off the job, right? That someone could just say, I can't do it. I'm not doing it. I'm going somewhere else. Or they, you know, people disappear. And just because you have that legally binding piece of paper does not mean, you know, from a practical standpoint that you're going to get the work done at that price. And that's why really trust and experience are very, very important, you know, and someone being realistic and someone, you know, being upfront with you about the challenges they have meeting your number. If they're, if they're open and honest and it seems like they have integrity, that is worth a lot. Yeah, and it's even worth paying a premium for that. There's other parts of the fixed cost bid that also cause it to go over. So it's not just the concept of change orders. You could say we're not going to touch anything. Another cause of change orders is you discover something. Um, once you start opening up walls, you discover something. So that's sort of an involuntary change order where you're like, well, in order to continue, now that we've discovered you know, X problem, it could be electrical, it could be insulation, it could be anything. Uh, now, we, now that we've discovered this, we have to fix it, and it's going to be X amount more. And then the third part uh, is the vendors and subcontractors, and then the fourth part is the allowances. So the subcontractors, a good contractor will have the biggest subcontractor, you know, the plumber, the electrician, uh, come through to provide a quote as part of their quote, uh, and then you hope that their quote is accurate. Um, but, you know, that's another step removed out of your control. You know, the plumber says, this is how much it's going to cost. But there's other contractors, too. There's also insulation, plastering, painting. And the contractor isn't necessarily going to bring every single subcontractor through. They're going to estimate. Uh, and then, you know, there's, a, again, an incentive on the general contractor's quote to you to sort of say, okay, we're, we're going to estimate, you know, putting in here for the subcontractor, for the painter, you know, whatever, $3,000. For painting, and then you get to the point of painting, and the painter says, "Oh, actually, it's going to be ten thousand. So you know the contractor clearly underestimated, but you still have to pay that difference plus a management fee on top of all the subcontractors. Right. Now I want to say that that's not always the case, right? Sometimes, you know, you could have a contract with a, with a general contractor that sort of puts that risk on them. But what will typically happen is the general contractors, look, if they're very, very experienced and they've, you know, they just did three homes that are similar in size and scope to yours, they'll know what it costs me to paint that one. And they can, if they have painters they work with, um, they can hold the painters to their number. But, you know, what will also happen is the, the contractors will build in a buffer for themselves. You know, if you have a real fixed price um, where, you know, you say, look, the risk of, of your subcontractor is not coming in at the number you think is on, is on you, um, general contractor, um, the general contractor is going to say, okay, I'll do that, but I'm going to inflate my numbers a little bit because I know that, you know, as Avi just said, there will be things that come up and I, you know, I need to make sure that I have a buffer to account for those. And so, you know, you said something before that like you may pay a premium for a more experienced contractor, but it may not wind up being a premium at all, right? And this is, a, I think, a critical point. It may seem in the first analysis that one number is higher than another. But, you know, at the end of the day, if the person who gave you that number is going to hold to it, that may wind up being a lower number, you know, in the final analysis when all is said and done. So, you know, again, it just, 
it's, it's really important to talk to people about what their experience was. Where did the expectations diverge from the reality and understand that and you know, really just fight the urge to take that cheapest quote? Because once that person is in your home and the walls are down, <laughs> you know, your, your options narrow significantly. And I do have clients who have who've changed providers midstream. Um, it's hard to get someone to come and take over someone else's work. They don't want to be responsible when the inspector comes, you know, for something that wasn't done properly before. It's harder to bid out the job. You know, it can be done, but it just it creates an added layer of complexity. So gathering information before you, you know, sign up with anyone is critical. Yeah, and then the fourth piece, of course, is the allowances. So almost all of the quotes, all of ours at least, excluded appliances, for example, which is reasonable because they don't know how much that will cost for what you choose. But, you know, you have to compare apples to apples. If one quote says an allowance of $10,000 for cabinets and the other one says $30,000 for cabinets, just know that you have to take that out of both to compare them because the cabinets are going to cost what the cabinets cost based on your choices. Um, It has nothing to do with the contractor, for example. You know, you probably want to price out ahead of time or, or try and get a sense, you know, call around to try and figure out how much do counters really cost um, so that for your own budget, you know how much you're, you're going to be spending. Right. No, it, it, right. Another critical point because this is something where uh, especially sort of the novice and, and most people are novices, you might not have any idea what, what is a cost for countertop and a, and a contractor could tell you, oh, you know, it's 40 bucks a square foot but you might be the type who doesn't want the $40 a square foot granite and you want the one that costs 80 bucks a square foot. That's double, right? So you, yeah. you know, there is some legwork that can be done by you, the homeowner, to sort of get a sense of what are my preferences, what sort of price range am I in? And then, you know, again, when the contractor gives you the allowances, you can say, okay, what's, what's your assumption on the tile? Because I know I like tile that costs, you know, eight bucks a square foot. What did you assume? And if the contractor tells you, well, I assumed five bucks a square foot, then you have a sense that, okay, this number is too small. Yeah. I, I think there's sometimes this feeling like you might want to rush in the beginning and get someone started, but going through all of that, you know, the contractors, they're not necessarily uh, going to write up super detailed proposals. You have to sort of go through it and, um, and really talk about what those assumptions are. Speaking of, just as an aside, our cabinet and um, tile provider is one of the vendors that I could recommend unabashedly. They were amazing and gave us uh, great product and service and price. So if anyone's looking for cabinets or counters, be happy to send you the information for who we use for that. Yeah, well, that's, and that's great. And those kind of recommendations are worth a lot more than anything, right? It's a you know, personal experience backed up by why you feel that way. You can't beat that as a source of comfort um, and uh, you know, a sense of setting your own expectations, what it's going to be for time and, and money and experience. So that's great. So, Ron, I, I think we talked quite a bit about the drawbacks and the benefits of the fixed-cost model of, of hiring a contractor. Do you want to talk about the, the drawbacks and the benefits of the other two models? Sure, just a little bit. You know, they're similar in some way, and, and it all goes down to sort of incentives. And I think it really, at the end of the day, whichever model you, you choose, it really is going to depend most, 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 most on trust and, you know, competence. Because, you know, cost plus model, right, is, is this idea that the contractor is your manager and they're being hired to manage, you know, the, the subcontractors who are the professionals in their sub-trade. So 
you know, the contractor will say whatever it costs, right? I will, I'll, I'll get you three bids for the electrical work. I'll get you three bids for the plumbing work. I'll make sure they do the work to the necessary standard, and they'll charge what they charge, and I'll take a 20% markup on that. So, okay, that's fine, right? But you just be aware that the contractor in that case is not incented to find you the lowest price, right? They're going to mark up whatever price they're given. Now, if all those prices are in a certain range, it shouldn't matter, right? And since the contractor is, is bearing ultimate responsibility for the work, they're on the hook for it. Um, but you just never know, right? If you don't know this contractor, they may have, you know, side deals with certain subcontractors. You may not be getting the best price. So that's, that's a problem there. Um, you know, time and material is sort of someone just telling you, look, it'll take as long as it takes, and I charge X dollars per hour, and you'll pick the materials. You know, if it's, if it's lumber, I'll buy the lumber, and we'll buy it from the lumber yard, and I'll give you the, the receipts, and just pay me for my time. And again, the obvious conflict there is, boy, this could take a lot longer than, you know, we thought it would. Did you, Avi, did any of the people that you interviewed offer you either of those two options? Uh, no, no, ours were all, all three options that came in were fixed costs. Or truthfully, they're probably a, a hybrid of the fixed costs and the um, cost plus. It was fixed costs for the, for the main components and then cost plus for the vendors. Right, right. I mean, look, I had tenants at a development property uh, that we did a couple of years ago, and they had a guy who they loved, who was a craftsman, incredible, right? And they, they had him fix their own home. Uh, up for sale, and he did it to a standard that was not a for sale standard. It was like for a very picky, I'm going to live here standard, and it took forever. It took forever, and they were fine with that. I mean, in a way that shocked me, frankly, because they were just sort of like, yeah, whenever it's ready, we'll put it on the market, and they did, and they got a good price for it, and it didn't bother them or even occur to them that they may have paid, you know, like $100,000 more than they needed to to get the same result a year earlier. That part didn't bother them. They had the money, and they trusted this. It was like one guy who did the whole house. And, you know, P.S., this is like four years ago, and they bought a new place, and they've been working on that place for four years with the same guy. I'm sure he's doing an incredible job, but they haven't gotten to live in that home, right? And, you know, I think, you know, something I heard early on, which I think has been proven true again and again for me, is there are three elements uh, in, this, in this world, right? There's, there's time, there's quality, and there's cost. And you can pick any two that you want, but you're never going to get all three. So if you want quality at a good cost, it's going to cost you time. If you want quality in a good time, it's going to cost money, right? <laughs> if you want you know, quick and cheap, you're going to lose it on quality. I think that's a very good rule to remember. And look, I think, you know, Avi, you can tell me at the end of the day if you disagree. My experience is this is a miserable process, almost always. And, you know, it's, it always seems worse than you thought it would going in. And then at the end, and you might not be at the end yet, at the end you have this thing that you're very happy with and, and all the pain kind of fades into the background. But you can't discount um, how much worse it is going through it when you're going through it because uh, I think people, you know, tend to think, oh, it'll be no big deal. Yeah, no, it's mind-blowing to me how much um, 
uh, time it takes to, to manage the process and did all the things that have come up and uh, you know this worker starts and then he leaves the company and this one quits and this you know this change order is going to cost like as much as this entire component or you know whatever like things just come up and if someone has the time and the energy there there are certainly the rewards to it and you know I do enjoy watching and getting into the details uh, but at the same time you know I also understand why someone would just say I'd rather pay for a place that's already been done. Uh, and not have to worry about this and not take the time. And, uh, you know, I don't need it custom. I just need it good. You know, I, I can see it both ways. Right. No, and I think that you, you've just hit on why, you know, there is such a premium for, for new construction or new renovations, particularly in, you know, Brooklyn, Newton, Cambridge, uh, because you may pay a little bit more money, but you save a lot on the agenda and time commitment that, that many people just don't have, right? And they're, and they're happy to make that trade-off. And I, and I don't judge it. Right. As, as someone who, who went the other way, the way that you're going, right, we did our own renovation. That was our stay in Brookline plan, um, and it worked out great for us. But, boy, it, was, you know, it took 50% more time than we thought it would, and it was a rough process. Um, and we're thrilled with the outcome, but you know, it's, it's not for everyone. It's definitely not for everyone. You know, my father said uh, to me when we started, the first 90% of the, of the project will take 90% of the time, and so will the last 10%. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah. So you know, again, and, and part of this is just going in with open eyes, right? If you if you know you know what to expect, then the surprises aren't surprises, and it's it's okay. Why don't we wrap up for today? We we talked a lot about just sort of getting into the process. Uh, we didn't really have a lot of details about the, your actual process, which I think would be also interesting. I guess if you are listeners, if you have specific questions about renovation projects, please send them to us. You can, you can send an email or you can call, um, and uh, we'd be happy to take them up in a future episode. This is fertile ground for discussion. There's, there's lots to talk about here. Absolutely. Um, so until next time, thanks for joining us. If you have questions that you'd like us to address about renovations or anything related to real estate, please shoot us an email. We're info at accent brookline.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs>